Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, UK-based fantasy football podcast with me, Lewis. Me, Alex Brindle. And me, Alex Sharples. Alex Sharples is back this week. Back. Uh, all th- yeah, all three of us. Uh, good Christmas, guys. Do have a good Christmas. Yeah, it's very good. nice. Very nice. Very very nice for fantasy as well. Sharples is back, he's well-rested, and he's in, he's in the main league final, which was... Which is nice for alongside nice for that, someone else, Al. Yes. Who, who would that be? It would be an Alex versus Alex final. Oh, does that mean Great. that it will be? Does that mean that Lewis Brindle crashed out in the semis against a much more handsome and more knowledgeable fantasy player? Sharples. It means that it doesn't mean he crashed out. It means he crashed and burned. Ah, yes, I, yes, naturally. yes. Forgot about the burning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunate one for Lou, but 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 Sharples' team. Is incredibly hot at the minute, and I, um, I, I don't have the hopes that I might have done a few weeks ago because his team, your team, just keeps getting better and better and better. And though my team has been quite consistent all year round, uh, think I might just be picked at the post here. But you never know. There's no football that has been played as of yet, as of this recording. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is a neutral podcast so the less said about your stupid fantasy teams the better <laughs> uh, we'll move on um week 16's in the books on to week 17 many people's uh fantasy football finals this week i know some leagues are going to be week 18 as well but plenty of people's finals this week so a very important podcast can we just just briefly mention obviously why we're talking about stuff, things get brought up, which we're just like, you know, for, for new uh, newcomers to fantasy, it's worth mentioning. So it's worth mentioning if you're in a league that plays in week 18, it's worth just letting you know why o- other leagues like our league don't play in week 18. And that is because, of course, a lot of teams don't have anything to play for in that final week. They sit the players, a lot of the best players in the league, the best players for fantasy, play for these really good teams. For instance, you might literally see Justin Jefferson sit next week. I don't know, he might be going for like a, a landmark, personal landmark, but you see these players sit at least half a game a lot of the time. Hence why, if you're wondering why a lot of fantasy leagues don't do that last week of the season, including our league, that is why. Yeah, that's true, Al. So it's a bit of an awkward part of the season to navigate, so... Taking out that last week of the season sort of helps rectify that. I mean, you know, you still have plenty of teams this year who are in the playoffs or who are out of the playoffs, so you still have to navigate it a little bit, but just taking off that week 18 rectifies it a little bit. But let's look back at the past week. Uh, Sharples, any teams stick out to you from this past week? Uh, we'll probably start with a with the opening game of the week, which was uh, a very sad one. Um, if if you're a Jets follower like myself, just just really depressing. I mean, they, they come out and they lose 19-3 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was quite a big game. I, I don't know the exacts, but I know that if they'd have won it, they, they, they were sniffing around a sort of last gasp uh, playoff seed, which they've not got. And just Zach Wilson, man. I mean, mm-hmm. is he is he is yeah. he done already? I mean, I know that. Um, I know the coach says no. We've not seen the end of him, and, and you've got to think, you know, from an asset point of view, that they need to at least give him another go next season, just purely because of the capital they spent on him. But oh my god, he looks bad. He looks yeah, bad, and yeah, it looks bad playing. Everything about the guy's personality sounds pretty bad as well. 
um, seems like a real case of a guy that football was really easy for him until he got to the NFL when everyone was better than him and he can't really handle it. But yeah, he's a terrible, terrible footballer. Yeah, and I don't buy that Robert Salah wants him there because, you know, if you just look what happened when um, Mike White was given the starting job, the number two quarterback after him was Joe Flacco. All of a sudden when Mike White gets injured, you know, maybe the higher-ups, whatever, they made it so that Zach Wilson was the second QB down, meaning that he would have to start with Mike White being injured. I just, yeah, I just I, I just don't buy that he's the guy that this head coach wants. Um, and I think he's done because he, he hasn't really shown any progression. You know, they, they, they've been talking about, oh, we still got plans for him in the future. You know, those plans, I would say, revolve around what they can get for him in the future, mm. you know, which at the minute is not very much. But Al, what did you think about about that game? Uh, I just think Trevor Lawrence looked great. To be fair, um, like I keep saying, probably every week on the podcast, Sharples is little kind of a theory or way of looking at it, where it's like count last year out, uh, no one could succeed in that circumstance. Treat this as Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, and if you look at it like that, then I think he's a pretty exciting prospect next year, considering they have uh, pre-ordered Calvin Ridley for him as well. It's a good point. It's a good point, Sharples. Anything else on the Jets game? Yeah, no, de- definitely agree with that. That the, he's looking really competent, which um, you know, uh, I, I, again, given given the rookie uh, rookie year season. I mean, if if this was his rookie year and he was playing like this, everyone would be like, oh yeah, this is why he was drafted number one overall. Um, so I think obviously still some way to go because obviously he was the the prodigal son when he got drafted. But I agree. I think his his draft stock for next year is. Much higher. I don't believe he was getting drafted even this season, but I think he definitely will next mm. season, especially with the when you combine it with some of the quarterbacks sort of aging out, like your Russell Wilsons, potentially your Rodgers, your Brady's. Um, he looks really exciting, and and they, they do look a really a really competent team. Um, maybe no, maybe at the at the minute missing out on a star receiver, but obviously if if the Calvin Ridley of old comes back, then 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 we'll see. But um, yeah. Definitely making strides uh, the Jaguars, but just a really a really disappointing one uh, from the Jets. Although I will say that third string quarterback looked pretty pretty nifty. Um, yeah, Streveler was Hill. it? I mean, he was, yeah. he was running all over the place. I mean, I think like third and eleven at one point, and he just goes right, see you later, and just just runs it. So I know. Um, I, know. I think Mike White's obviously probably you know ahead of him in the pecking order, but he he looked really yeah. competent. So uh, yeah, but but just obviously a disappointing one and. We'll see what happens next season. It's teams like that yeah. which will probably be in the running for someone like Mayfield. I, I, I think you know, like a like a team like that is probably what, it, or like a Winston or something. One of these players that's got like maybe a last chance somewhere. Yeah, yeah, true. Like maybe see what happens with Derek Carr in, yeah. in Las Vegas. You know, something like that. He might be really good for a team, oh, a team oh, Jim, like oh. that who. Or Jimmy G, because obviously Salah's worked with him before and the the, the Niners are going to have an abundance of quarterbacks going into next year. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. True, true. Uh, unless, you know, unless um, Kyle Shanahan just finds a way of playing three quarterbacks at once, which would not put it past the guy. Hmm. Um, I just wanted to mention the Vikings, who 
who won again on a game-winning field goal. Um, they're 11-0 11, 11 in one-score games this season, which is why I don't buy them going into the playoffs, because that statistically is not sustainable, really. I mean, the it looks really cool, you know, like the win against the Colts and then another, you know, field goal. I bet it's great for morale, but... In reality, you're struggling against teams they should be easily beating if they want to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we spoke about them last week, and I spoke in length about how I just have a complete ambivalence to this team. Where I just don't know what to think of them. Um, they keep doing the same thing, and they've got obviously they've got a hell of a player in Justin Jefferson, who is still probably going to get nowhere near. Cooper Cup's score from last year, um, but I believe that's because you know a lot of, in a PPR league, Cup had a, a million receptions last year. I think uh, Jefferson's actually quite close to what Cup ended up in yardage last season. Um, but yeah, you know, they just keep doing it. Um, uh, they, I think mm-hmm. they're a, yeah they're quite a flashy team, and I think they've always got the potential to go off for the you know the forty point game. But for me. When they come up against the sort of, you know, a Bills or an Eagles or a Chiefs or a Cowboys, when it matters in the playoff, I just don't think they've got that steel. Um, I don't think the defense is quite strong enough. Um, and I think if for whatever reason you can you can limit Justin Jefferson, which we have seen a couple of times this season, I think they become quite an average team. So I think they're ones where they're, I think their record is a little bit inflated for what it should be good team but i don't think they're in that elite tier for me mm. yeah I'd, I'd agree with that speaking of elite tiers though Yee-haw! cowboys talk anyone cowboys talk what a game that was by i, I will say if, if we're going to shift it over to the eagles i would be pretty encouraged if i was an eagles fan you're scoring th- 34 points and coming within 20 yards of of the win of the game win on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys in Dallas with your backup quarterback. You know, it was an amazing win for the Cowboys, but if you the Eagles, you're thinking, if we get Jalen Hurts, we'd probably win that game by a score or something. So, um, a really good win, but I'm not worried if I'm the Eagles, to be honest. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I, I, you know, promised to be, you know, potentially, potentially one of the games of the week, and it was. Um, as you said, Cowboys won forty to thirty three. Very intrigued if the Cowboys play the Eagles with Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. I think, you know, from a Cowboys fan standpoint, that's not what you want to see. From a neutral standpoint, you want to see the Cowboys and Eagles in the playoffs because that looks like it will be a great game. Um, yeah. Both teams, arguably, as good on the defensive side of the ball as the offensive side of the ball. Um, and yeah, the Cowboys just came came out on top this time. But that um, that that would Jeffles. imply. Sorry, Lou. I was gonna. I was just about to say that would imply that someone was gonna beat the Forty ers mm. which doesn't yeah. look. It doesn't <laughs> quite look possible, to be honest. Yeah, true. I just gonna and I was just gonna say, Sharples, do you have any any notes on on the yeah. Cowboys game? No, great game. Uh, I do think that if Jalen Hurts is in that match, then the Eagles probably do win it. Uh, but obviously, beat anytime you beat someone who is 13-1, and one, I believe they were at the time, uh, impressive win. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys are a good team. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd still back the Eagles uh, in the playoffs. 
But um, yeah, re- really interesting game and uh, interested to see what Garden Minshew is going to do closing out the season. Um, I presume he's going to have the next couple of games because I don't think they'll bring in Jalen Hurts for that last one and I think he won't quite make it into the next one. So that'd be nice to see. I mean, I, I like Gardner Minshew if he can ball out. Maybe he gets a nice contract next year. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like if you're an Eagles fan, Gardner Minshew's shown you what you want to see. You're mm. like, okay, well, we can probably win a couple of these games left in the regular season with Gardner Minshew. Like, realistically, they probably only need to win one of them to secure the number one seed. Um, yeah, why Why wouldn't you? Um, but are we, are we going to mention the elephant in the room? The elephant wearing a Rams jersey <laughs> that says 51 points against the Broncos on it? Um, I mean, this is probably the toughest week I've had in terms of picking our, you know, impressive and not buying it because yeah. I think I think this is both an impressive and a not buying it um, because obviously mm-hmm. they absolutely smoked them. Um, yeah, the, the offense yes. looked good. Obviously, it helped that Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson just gave them the ball back every time he got the ball. Um, oh, yeah. and the Broncos are terrible, but you know they they, they look so so smooth, so fluid. Baker looks settled, and it was against a terrible team, but you can't. You can't pass over that. It was a great display from the Rams. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, any professional football team that puts up 51 points, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, it doesn't matter if you're playing against a team that hasn't won any games that year, that is a, a great win. Yeah. Um, 51 points. Um, the Denver defence, I just, it's, this is personal, really, because they were like the eighth ranked defence all year, been solid for fantasy football and in real life, right? They're playing the Rams, who, believe it or not, you know, they've been awful this year, and they were the best matchup for defences in fantasy football pretty much all year. So tell me why, in a fantasy playoff week, that defence had to go and get minus four points. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's because I was just... I was willing it that hard, I think. Yeah, I felt <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah um, Denver awful. Um, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett has been sacked. Mm-hmm. Hack, uh, absolutely, in the last one season as a head coach, the um, Russell Wilson. I mean, he's got like a two hundred fifty million dollar shield in front of him, so they can't quite get to him yet to fire him. But um, that's coming if he doesn't. Yeah. If he doesn't sort of. Improve his game next year. Yeah, I'm well, not the, sure. The, you know, I, I yeah, don't. I, I don't know. see how they can bench someone on that much money. I think no. they can try and pack, package him off, but then who takes him? I, I think they're no. stuck with him for a good, maybe oh, yeah, season yeah. or two until they agree some kind of buyout. Unless obviously he sparks back into Seahawks Russell Wilson, but my god, he looks awful. Well, no, they've got. I mean. well, they, you have to start him for at least another year. Realistically, you're looking at the fact. Well, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know where he's going to get a job. Like, the name is very apt. The dude's a hack, you know. Mm. Like, he can't coach. <laughs> um, Couldn't hack it. But, nice. <laughs> but, um, Wilson, it, it, Wilson, it, Wilson is just a complete deterrent to any sort of new coach because no one's going to want to go there with him playing like that. I've heard talk of Daryl Bevel, who was the uh, Seahawks offensive coordinator from about 2011 to 2017, and he's currently working with the quarterbacks in Miami, which is probably the way that you have to go. Um, Because, you know, if if you put Wilson with a guy that 
Wilson has played MVP caliber football with in the past and he's still awful, then at least you know it's Wilson and not the coaching. Whereas if you bring in another coach, when when Wilson's on that much money, how many more times are they going to say, well, it might be the coach, actually, it might be the coach. You know, because you, you're a lot more willing to say it's the quarterback's fault when the quarterback is a second-year rookie, not when the quarterback is getting paid 200-plus million and was borderline Hall of Fame before he came to your team. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the ESPN documentary that comes out in 10 years' time on what on earth happened. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but just quickly on on some teams that are actually good. I want to talk about some actual good teams. Um, I think this is the clearest year in a in a number of years where I think we know like kind of the five or six teams who are going to one of them is going to win the Super Bowl because like in previous years. Uh, you had the Bengals who went all the way to the Super Bowl last year. The Bucks won it the previous year from the wild card. You had the 49ers who got to the Super Bowl, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and the year before that, everyone had written the Patriots off. I can't see anyone outside of the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles being in the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. anyone outside yeah. of, and if I'm being totally honest with you right now, I the the team out of that six that I'm most confident is going to be in the Super Bowl is the Cincinnati Bengals. If I'm being totally honest with you, wow, the the, the, the they look they look really really good. I yeah. I think the the Chiefs will end up pipping the Bengals. Chiefs can't beat the Bengals mm. though. Chiefs can't uh, beat the Bengals. <laughs> Haven't yet. Because mm. if I'm, if I'm a bit sour on anyone, it's the Bills. If I was to take one team out of that six, it would it would actually be the Bills. To be honest with you, um, I agree. You can't you can't take Josh Eisty out. What does that mean? Um, I don't know. I just heard people say it. So yeah, yeah. Can't take Joe Burrow out there. Yeah, I agree. Bengals have looked great. Um, but. Oh, what, what, I was, what I'm trying to say is, by the way, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to get a surprise in the playoffs like we have in previous years. I, I think the teams, the good teams, are the good teams, and that's it. You were the first to put all your money on the Chargers. <laughs> um, Definitely don't now, do that. So I want to talk about some of the players, yes. um, the notable players from the past week. But you, you had an interesting way of framing it for us. Go ahead and uh, you know tell well, us all about. Well, we've got some fantasy playoff heroes and fantasy pe- playoff dream killers from the previous week. I'll go through the playoff heroes. Well. Yeah, Lou knows the dream killers quite well. I'll go through some of the heroes. Uh, stop, shout out if, if you want to talk about one of them, but there are some really random names in here. Really random names. Uh, it was a quite average week at the quarterback position, but Prescott with 27 points, Goff with 25, and Cousins with 24 you were you were really happy if you had any of those. Sharples has already mentioned Acres with a thirty-four, but Barkley twenty-seven, Fournette twenty-five. He did that on my bench. I assume he did that on a lot of people's benches. Uh, and Connor twenty-five. He's looking nice uh, for this last stretch. Wide receivers. You got C.D. Lamb thirty-one, Jefferson of course. C.D. Lamb thirty-four. Sorry, go on. Um, just quickly on C.D. Lamb. Me and you have spoken in the past, obviously, watching him quite closely as Cowboys fans. You mentioned that, you know, he doesn't have the sort of that alpha 
sort of like aura about him like an AJ Brown or someone like that. This is CeeDee Lamb's second game in a row now with two uh, with uh, 120 receiving yards. He had two touchdowns in this game. It's his fourth game uh, since the Cowboys bye week that he's surpassed 100 receiving yards. Is he becoming that alpha wide receiver that that we were speaking about that you know he hadn't, he hadn't quite mm. hadn't quite sort of got that yet. I, I mean, I think he is. I think yeah. it, um, obviously the transition away from from Amari Cooper maybe took a bit longer. He's also having a, a nice season himself. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think at the start of the season though, you know, there was a couple of wide receivers floating about. There was Gallup. I think there was a, lot, a few people talking about that. Was it Cedric Wilson who had, had a couple of good games at the end of last season? People were talking about mm-hmm. him. I think Lammers. You know, completely silenced the noise on that. He's he's still a little bit inconsistent for me, um, but yeah, I, I think whenever you know, whenever Dak's looking to sling it long, he, he's the first guy he's looking at, and and with good reason because that that little spin on that first touchdown yesterday that was, was great. sorry not yesterday but was amazing, absolute yeah. chef's kiss. Oh yeah, and you know it, it obviously helps when Prescott's balling out, and it hopefully something clicked on the weekend for the whole season because after he threw that interception, that's the best Prescott's played all year. He, he was he was fantastic, mm. but of course Jefferson with thirty one automatic at this point. Devonta Smith thirty one. T Higgins twenty six. Jalen Waddle twenty five. And, and here we go, lads. You're gonna love these next three. Um, funnily enough, the three players who I don't think helped anyone this previous weekend because no one is rostering them, or if you are rostering them, there is no chance you were going into the later stages of your fantasy playoffs if you were playing uh, Bourne for the Patriots, Hodgins for the Bills, or Dorch for the Cardinals. Very well done if you did play any of them. They won you the week probably because you would have been in a super deep 18-team league. But (laughs) crazy, these random... And the randomness just continues with the tight ends with Hawkinson 35, he's on fire, Higby 30... The, the crazy thing about the Rams game is that all the points were divided between Akers and Higby. It's like no, that, mm. not that many people scored fantasy points. Uh, Kittle with 30. Engram's really doing well at the minute, 18. Kelsey, 17. And, Lou, you, you know this guy, don't you? The, the tight end for the, for the Detroit Lions. What's he called? What do what you mean, Shane? You mean Shane Zilstra? I mean player. Shane Zilstra, yeah. The household name Shane Zilstra with 25 fantasy points. Um, so three they, touchdowns. Three tutties, yeah. Uh, Scott, and I'm, he had three touchdowns, but he only had 25 points. Were they all like for one yard? Yeah, probably. Oh, he, yeah, he caught, he caught like, I think <laughs> he that, caught four passes and three of them were touchdowns or something like that. It's like so, that week It's like that week earlier in the season when Kelsey had like four touchdowns and like 24 yards or something. Yeah. Um, it's like OJ Howard at the start of the season. For the oh, Texans, yeah. who like he's like he's, oh, he's yeah. only two catches ever or something for the Texans. <laughs> is what it feels like were touchdowns, right? But then we we come to any anyone want to want to speak on some of those uh, players that hopefully um, saw you through. Very, very brief one, but I know this just because I had James Connor on my team. He had something like eleven points going into maybe like the final ten minutes, and I thought, all right, yeah, decent. He probably gets a fifteen or so. He scores a 22-yard touchdown when it goes to overtime, and he just absolutely peppered with targets. And that 25, I literally checked my phone 10 minutes later, and I was like, what on earth happened in this match? Mm. <laughs> always love to see that. You always love to see that. It's the yeah. kind of like, it was kind of like a, 
a, a Christmas miracle that me and Lou had. We both had the previous uh, week in the playoffs. Oh no, was it? It was. Uh, it was. Th- this week in the playoffs, sorry, I had a Christmas miracle. Not Lou didn't. Lou thought he did. Lou um, looked like he'd had. Lou looked like yeah, I got confused. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, so, so on Christmas Eve, I I looked like I was going nowhere. Then I had a bit of a Christmas miracle. Then I remember Lou coming home and saying that he's had a Christmas miracle because it was shaping up really like Lou was going to beat your Sharples. <laughs> Listen, if you want, if you want a visual representation of of how what how my Christmas weekend went for fantasy purposes. Great, you know, great otherwise, but for fantasy purposes, it was like waking up and sort of peeking in to the living room and seeing somebody dressed up as Santa Claus under your tree, but instead of putting presents down, they were just robbing them and taking them all away. And I went safely to bed like, he's here. Nice, he's here, he's delivering our presents. Nope. <laughs> Well, and, and a big reason for that, Lou, is because you had a few of these fantasy playoff dream killers right here. Oh yeah. Um, I I survived. I, I am I'm happy to that I survived the DeAndre Hopkins one point. He was on my team, but I survived it. He had ten targets and that caught one pass, which which weirdly, as weird as this sounds, gives me confidence to put him in next week. I feel like I'd be a bit less confident if he had like one target and one catch because it isn't like DeAndre Hopkins to not catch nine passes, but the fact that he was being thrown the ball is good. Say Jones with two points, Ramondre Stevenson, Lou, three points, Devontae Adams, three points, Stefan Diggs, four points, Garrett Wilson, five, another one for Louis or Aaron Jones, five points. Jacobs and Sanders, who have been really great all year at the running back position, both with six points. Mark Andrews, seven points, but that has been standard for Andrews this year. And that Denver defense against the Rams with minus four. If you were ever thinking that you could bank on a defense to probably get you eight, nine, ten, eleven points, it was that. And they get you minus yeah. four. It yeah. was. I felt all those minus fours as well. It's I not, was but it, a great time. It, it is <laughs> nice. It is nice to have both sides of the coin for the listeners here of people who were in the playoffs last week and felt the brunt of both sides of these uh, of these playoff heroes and dream killers because that's what we play fantasy football for. But um, yeah, some of some of your absolute stalwarts, there like Adams and Diggs and Jacobs and Sanders, just busting when you need them most. Yeah, it wasn't a great week for mm. for those big names, but let's move on to our categories, shall we? Um, Sharples, you you alluded to a couple of these before, but tell us who you're not buying it win is. Yep. So I'd, as I mentioned, I thought the Rams could have been both for not buying it and impressive, uh, but I decided to separate. I didn't want to take the shine off off the Rams. So for my not buying it, um, I, it, to be honest, it's the kind of stuff we were talking about two weeks ago on on, on the last show I was on. But the Ravens. They, they they keep they keep winning, but it's like, who cares? Like they're not very I, yeah, good. Yeah, like I, yeah. I know I know Lamar's not been there. I know even Tyler Huntley wasn't there at the times, but it's like none of them seem to be scoring any points. All the all the games seem to be you know 14, 15, 16, 17 points. It's just like just go away, be better. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I. That's the same sentiment I share about the Ravens, but Al, 
Well, what just, was your not buying a win? Just one on Tyler Huntley. I, I just Googled it now and, and I didn't dream it. Does anyone want to explain to me how Tyler Huntley was voted in as the fourth alternate to the Pro Bowl? What? So, as in, as in, when inevitably even Mahomes, Allen, or Burrow get to the Super Bowl, Huntley will be at the Pro Bowl. I don't, I don't, and it's true. I'm, I'm reading it right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, did, did he get Lamar Jackson's votes? Or, apparently he's one slot after Lamar and Lamar would be the alternate. So apparently he doesn't get Lamar's votes. He's just the fifth most voted quarterback quarterback in the AFC. Right. So, right, well, people in people in Baltimore have too much time on their yes, hands then. Yes. Because Cause, cause the guy's played Why? three games and he's been fine. He's not even been very good. Um, no. He's not been very good, and I don't really understand how the Pro Bowl selection works anyway, because I don't know. On the one hand, it do, it seems like the fan vote doesn't have that much weight, because Tua was the, was, won the fan vote, he got the most votes out of anyone in the league, and he's not going because clearly the players and the coaches and the GMs and everyone didn't vote that much for Tua. But in that case, then, no one's voting for Huntley, so how's he got in there over Tua? This is why the Pro Bowl's stupid. I'm saying the Pro Bowl's yeah. stupid. Yeah. I and mean, the players, yeah, and yeah. by the way, the by the way, the players also don't care about it. They don't care about being voted to the Pro Bowl. They'd rather yeah. win. So I mean, it's not even it's not even contact this year, is it? It's, it's no. basically tag no. or flag football. So no, it's like that's what he's called. Yeah, it's called the Pro Bowl games this year instead uh, of yeah. the Pro Bowl. But the Tyler Huntley thing's ridiculous. The guy's the most average quarterback I've ever seen. Um. But yeah, sorry, Lou. Where, where were we after before I went on that tirade? You're not buying it, win. Um, it's going to be the Buccaneers. It is going to be the Buccaneers. I've got a bit of real estate in the Buccaneers players later on in the podcast, but for now, I'm just going to say that once again, it was a wholly unconvincing performance against one of the worst teams in the league. So, the books. Yeah, I went with the Buccaneers as well. You know, med I'd work of a banged up poor Cardinals team. Their offense is painful. Scored six points before the fourth quarter. Yeah, Buccaneers, uh, impressive victory, Sharples. Uh, yeah, touching it before, I went. I went for the Rams. I mean, you can't you can't score fifty points and not be impressive. And uh, yeah, not nice for them to have a reason to smile this season. Nice, Al. Could have gone for a few. I mentioned how good I think the Bengals look before, but the 49ers just look unstoppable. So, 49ers for me. Nice. I I went with the Packers because down by seven at half time, they shut out the Dolphins completely in the second half to win 26-20. Playoff hopes still well and truly alive. Nice win for the Packers. And who's the worst team in the league, Sharples? Uh, that would be the Indianapolis Colts. Nice. nice. That would nice. be the Denver Broncos for me. And how, how fun is this? I put Broncos and Colts. Hey. <laughs> All the, the Bron- horse teams. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, the Broncos and the Colts. Yeah. yeah, the Broncos and the Colts are the ones that have been um, picked the most this year. Broncos and Colts. I'm going to say we've been circling those teams all year, but you know we've got this week, we've got next week, and these categories are done with for the season. So I'm I'm just 
indefinitely for me, it's Broncos and Colts. There we go. No need to do the worst team in the league again. It's them two. <laughs> and it speaks volumes that them that those two teams don't have the worst record in the league, but they're the most painful teams to watch. Yeah. Um, but moving on to the worst part of the podcast, the injuries. Um, only a few this week, but some quite notable ones. Um, so we'll start off with Christian Watson. Green Bay Packers wide receiver was ruled out of the game at halftime of a hip injury. So just, you know, take a look at that monitor. He's, he's practicing this week. This one from the same game isn't great. Uh, Tua, quarterback for the Dolphins, finished the game but then reported to medical staff on Monday that he was experiencing concussion symptoms. Um, I think there was a moment in the first half of the game where he banged his head against the ground but he never came out of the game and was never even evaluated for a concussion but once again he's now in the concussion protocol you know this is multiple times now that he's been in the concussion protocol, this is not good uh, very questionable to play at the weekend um, this isn't a good look because you know with all the talk about concussions this year, the NFL aren't going to be happy that this has slipped under the radar and he's obviously got a concussion in the game but not been evaluated for it. Um, but moving on, Greg Dulcich, tight end for the for the Broncos, exited that game early in the fourth quarter with a hamstring injury. Um, and then Jamal Williams, um, third quarter of, of the Lions game, he came out with a leg injury. Um, it, it, very unclear what the injury is or, or if... You know, he was just kept out because they were already going to lose the game or if the injury itself did. But you might want to monitor that because, you know, if you're the Andre Swift manager, there's big news if I Jamal would, Williams is out. so I would rest up if I was Jamal Williams. I would rest up. Ten no, week no, off. I'd fight it out one more week. You can rest in week <laughs> 18. But yeah, that, that'll that do us for the injuries. Um, I'll get a spreadsheet up. Let's Let's run over... How our players did, how mine and your player picks did last week. You can start us off. Yeah, so Lou, I don't think I don't think we killed anyone last week. Like as in with for the fantasy teams with our um with our suggestions. My, my worst one by far was Rogers. He got thirteen point two. He, he he wasn't a miss, but extremely disappointing game. I I felt for sure that Rogers was going to have a big one. Uh, so I was really disappointed with that, to be honest with you. Harris with a fifteen point five again, proving proving to be like just a totally solid Belco running back in the league. Great for you, especially if, if like me, uh, you're going into your final week and you, you can like bench him because he's against um, he's against the Ravens this week. And if you can bench Harris this week because you've got better options, better matchups, then it's like thank you, Najee Harris, you know, for your service this season, pal. Uh, nice fifteen point five points again. Just a great player. I really like uh, Najee Harris. DJ Moore was a hit twenty point one. You got it. If you stuck with him, you got it. It wasn't a huge one, but it was a hit, especially compared to his twelve projection. Um, yeah, really happy with that. And Engram, you know, keeping in the flames. Eighteen point three fantasy points for Evan Engram. Play him. Get him played. Nice, yeah. It wasn't a great week for me, as you said. You know, I had a I had one miss, and it wasn't the worst miss, but it's just because of how much this player disappointed. It was Geno Smith in in a juicy matchup against the Chiefs. Um, His projection was very high. 
yeah, 12.2 points, uh, 215 passing yards, one touchdown and one interception. Just not the not the boom week I was I was thinking it was going to be. And and similarly, um, on the other side of the ball with Jarrett McKinnon at running back, um, 12.8 points, fine, but not really the boom week that you wanted. Mike Williams as well, four receptions, 76 yards, 11.6 points, you know, passable, whatever. But then Pat Frymuth, uh, seven receptions, 66 yards, 13.6 points, but that was a hit because his projection was around about the you know, the nine-point mark. Frymuth has been a really, really solid tight end um, all year, and I think... He's a nice guy to pick up next year because if you if you just look at the stats, look at his receptions, look at his targets, look at his fantasy scores, he's just been a really nice player to have. I have him in one league, and you know it's it, he's not someone like a Kelsey who you think right they're going to get me all my points this week, but he's one of those players who allows you to sort of put the tight end position at the back of your mind, really, and we all want to do that because the rubbish. But moving on to waivers or waiver pickups Alex mentioned this earlier on but you'll notice especially with a lot of my picks I pick players who are playing for teams who, who still have something to play for who are still wanting to win games you know the teams that are going to come out and, and give it their all really but um, Al give me your two waiver picks this week so I'm going Tyler Algier again again I'm putting Algier in this he needs picking up and to be honest as I'm going to talk about in a bit I think you can start him this week against the Cardinals he's getting so much work and he's playing really well uh, and Taysom Hill you know he's had some some solid points the last three games and he has that ability to completely blow up in a way that a tight end can't because he can run the ball and he can throw touchdowns uh, and if if you're struggling at tight end or you need a dart throw um, some dynamism in your fantasy team in this last week or two pick him up and just gamble and put him in there if you're really stuck. So I'd say I'd definitely pick Taysom Hill up. Nice. Sharples, who are yours? Um, so I've gone for a wide receiver for the uh, Washington Commanders, who's rostered in 35.9% of leagues, uh, Jahan Dotson. Uh, really mm. nice uh, past few games. He's had 24 targets over the last three games, averaging about eight a game. He's also had a touchdown uh, in each of those games, which I'm not saying that's necessarily going to continue. Um, but with that sort of targets, with, with the run of form that he's been on, at, he's well worth a punt. He's available in most of the leagues. Uh, and if you've got a wide receiver or a flex player that's gone down, I, I think he's uh, a valuable asset to pick up. Um, and then I went for uh, the backup quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, nice. I think he's got one, one more, at least one more game in him um, next week. And I think probably if he plays well, if you if you if you're in an 18 week league, I think he'll probably play against the Giants too because I don't see why the Eagles would risk risk hurt. Um, and yeah, just just a really nice game from him uh, against a, a strong Dallas defense, 355 yards, two touchdowns, and he managed to get himself nearly 23 points with two interceptions and a fumble. So if he can tighten up the screws a little bit, uh, I think I think he could could have a really yeah really good week. So uh, yeah, those are my uh, free agents. And sorry, I don't think I mentioned he's available. He's only rostered in th- just over thirty-one percent, so he's definitely out there to be to be had. Nice, nice. Um, I'm going to go with um, Richard James, wide receiver for for the Giants. Um, you know, if you're in a bit of a stretch at wide receiver, could be a decent option. Um, reclaimed, you know, 
the decent form that he had to start the year with. Um, past three games, he's amassed 19 receptions, 193 receiving yards and a touchdown. If you're in a bit of a stretch, like Sharples mentioned with Dotson, I think James is a good pickup as well, out there in plenty of leagues. And then Mike White should be returning for the Jets. Um, you know, two is injured. Hurts probably going to still be out, so... You know, it, White could be the way to go if you're struggling with injuries at the quarterback position. Averaging 17 fancy points a game when he's played, plenty of weapons. You know, I, I think Mike White is a is a decent pickup. But um, is he there, Al? Come on in, pal. Yeah, he's here. The forget a minute man is here. Um, starting off, looking forward to the next week in the way that we always do. With forget about it. Looking at those players that are locked into your lineup, no matter what, forget about it. Um, at the quarterback position, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and Fields. Running backs: Jacobs, Eklund, Mixon, Ramondre, Chubb, McCaffrey, Barkley, forget about Henry, it. Cook, Pollard, and Connor. Forget about it. Wide receiver: Adams, Hill, and Waddle, Jefferson. Chase and Higgins, Diggs, Lamb, Amonra, Metcalf, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, don't worry about last week, and Keenan Allen. Forget about it. And tight end, Travis Kelsey's got some company in TJ Hawkinson and Evan Engram. Forget about it. See you, pal. <sighs> nice one, mate. Uh, so let's get <laughs> on to our stats. The players who, who we think you should be starting this week. Let's start traditional at the quarterback position. Al, who's your quarterback? Going with the goal, I'm going with Tom Brady. He's been bad for fantasy this season, but especially compared to the absolute tour he was on last season, you know, he was great last year, and for me, he's only had one game of that calibre this season, which was uh, in week four against the Chiefs. But this game coming up against the the Panthers just ticks too many boxes for me to pass him up in this section you know the Bucks desperately need a win and they're literally playing the team who is on the tail for the division lead and they already have a game up on the Bucks in the head-to-head that being the Carolina Panthers the Panthers are playing some great offense right now but the defense is still there to be got at you know, the, the bottom half in the league against fancy quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm banking on the competitiveness of this game pretty much. You know, it's made for Brady to come out and make a statement before starting the playoffs. We've seen Brady be clutch in moments and drives this season, including last week. So we just need it for, for four quarters, please. Um, so I, I'm saying that we see some of that clutchness, seeing some uh, classic Brady this week and, uh, and see some points. Nice one, Chapels. Uh, I've gone for the uh, quarterback for the uh, New York Giants, Daniel Jones. Um, it's been a bit of a mixed bag last couple of weeks. Had a good week against the Vikings, got himself just under 21 points. But the week before against the Commanders, uh, 9.9 points. Um, but I think he's coming up against the Colts defense that's been shipping points quite freely recently, obviously, against the Vikings. Uh, conceded, what, f- nigh on 50 points against the Cowboys? So I think that they're there to be got at. I think they're probably weaker defending the run than they are the pass, but I think there'll be some gaps for Jones to hit. We've got some reasonable weapons there, Darius Slayton, uh, Bellinger the tight end. So uh, I think there's scope for him to to beat his projection of 17.4. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Jones this week for me against the uh, 
absolutely woeful Indianapolis Colts. Breaking news alert. We need a breaking news, like a whoosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some sort of sound effect. Uh, the Raiders are benching Derek Carr and turning to Jared Stittum as the new starting quarterback. Wow. <laughs> um, so uh, maybe Derek Carr will end up on the Jets next year um, okay wow I've yeah. literally seen somewhere this week that oh no you know we really like Carr we love the connection with Adams but I'm looking at it thinking you've got far too good of a team to be the record that you are oh, so yeah. I think probably yeah. the right yeah. decision because it's just not clicking there yeah, it's the right decision if you're the head coach because that decision automatically you know, has people going, oh, it must be Derek Carr. It must be a Derek Carr thing yeah, and yeah. not the coaching. Um, yeah, uh, they're still going to be crap. They're just going to be crapper. Yep. Um, my quarterback this week is going to be Jared Goff. Quarterback 10 on the season. Uh, in his last five games, he's amassed over oh, um, 1,500 passing yards uh, an 11 and 1 touchdown to interception ratio, as well as averaging over 21 fancy points a game over those past five games. You know, I'm guilty of this. We joked a little bit earlier in the season that he was a bit of a bum at the quarterback position, comparing him to, to none less than Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's proved me wrong, definitely, because I do think he's certainly shown why he's still a solid star in the league, Jared Goff. Um, this week he's playing in a game which is by far the highest over-under of the week at 52 points against a Burrs team who've been giving up 18 fancy points a game to opposing quarterbacks. You know, Chicago's been... You know, they haven't been one of the easier matchups against quarterbacks, but Goff has shown his ability to, um, to show up for fantasy teams and even against pretty tough matchups. Um, Detroit, they're at home in, a, in what I think is going to be a very competitive game. High scoring one that they have to win to keep the playoff hopes alive. Goff is a must-start this week for me, really. Um, let's go running back, Al. I'm going Tyler Algier. I mentioned him before in the waiver section. I think it's the first time maybe a player has spilled over from the waiver section to here. Um, but as I was coming to do my playoff picks, I was thinking, you know, the opportunity in the matchup at this point in the fantasy season, it's too much not to double down on with Tyler Algier. Um, so I'm going to highlight him again here. We all know that Arthur Smith and the Falcons have all, se- all season been desperate to establish the run, and Algia has established himself as the main guy on the ground. It's been a really injury-plagued and stop-start season for, Ga- for Cordero Patterson, and you've seen a couple of guys step up for the Falcons, but the sheer fact that Algia has been able to stay healthy is, has seen him lead the team in running back snap percentage over the past month. You know, this has coincided with some nice games for the rookie as well. You know, a 139-yard and 22 fantasy point week a couple of weeks ago and a nice 15-pointer this past week. Both against pretty stout defences against the run in New Orleans and Baltimore. You know, he wasn't playing a Chargers, a Houston uh, the past few weeks. He was playing some pretty tough defences. And this week he gets to play Arizona, you know, one of the worst teams in the whole league and bottom six against fancy running backs. So I, I guess what I'm saying is the Falcons are going to establish the run no matter who the opponent is um, and establishing it with, you know, they've got a shaky rookie quarterback at the helm, so they're going to definitely establish it even more than they would have done with uh, Mariota there. So the prospect for um, Algier this week is it's 
it's really there. You know, on on a personal note for Algier too, he, he needs about 180 yards over the next two games for a thousand yard season in his rookie year, which would be a great achievement. And you'd think he and the Falcons would want to really cement him as the running back this next few weeks, considering Cordero's future with the team is in question. You know, everything just points towards Algier having at least 20 attempts this weekend against an awful Cardinals team, which just spells fantasy points. Sharples. Um I've gone for um, Cam Akers running back uh, for the Rams. Um, obviously, that I think that the, the big head turner was was last, you know last week. Twenty three carries, hundred eighteen yards, three touchdowns um, for just under thirty five points. But to be fair, I think in the run up to that, he's, he's um, had, had some reasonable weeks. Nineteen points against the Seahawks, thirteen against the Packers, um, a reasonable amount of work and. Obviously, I, I can't see him doing another 35-point week because the Chargers are much better than the Broncos. They'll probably have the ball less. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, even half those points, you're happy with that from, from Cam Akers. Um, I think he's quite an in, intriguing player because obviously early in the season, like, he was he was gone, he was done. Um, obviously, I don't know what's happened in the building. Daryl Henderson's departed. And maybe McVeigh has, has changed his mind on him. I'm not sure, but... I think the charges are there to be got at. I believe there's something like the 25th worst uh, run defense. So they're a team that you can get at. Um, I think they'll probably be more stout than the Broncos' defense were. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'd, I'd be happy with you know half the number of carries, half the yards, half the touchdowns. That'd still be a pretty much a 20-point week. So yeah, let, let's just see. Nice. I'm gonna go with Zonovan Knight. Cool name. Very cool. cool name again. Um, been a tough couple of weeks for him. Um, he was one of the one of the mid-season breakouts, really, but he's had a couple of really down weeks. But let's remember, he was playing with Zach Wilson, and that is something that nobody will ever have to do again on this Jets team. Um, I'm a lot more confident in Knight with Mike White expected to be back in the centre. Michael Knight is back. Night Rider. <laughs> Night Rider's back. Um, in three games with White, Knight has uh, averaged over three receptions and 22 receiving yards and 15 carries and 76 rushing yards per game. That's over 15 fantasy points a game. Really solid when Mike White's been playing. Um, and I do expect to return to that sort of form for, for Zonovan Knight. Um, and if it helps... This week he's playing against the Seattle team who have been giving up 29 points a game to opposing backfields. I think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball consistently again with White a quarterback. Knight has shown that in, in that offence, in the Mike White offence, it's a successful offence and Knight is a key piece to it. And I this week is a must-win game for the Jets. I think they're going to lean on those guys again and have success. Let's go to wide receiver Al. This is a big old punt for me. Um, I'm going to pretend that I'm 100% confident with it when I'm probably uh, not 100%. But I'm going with Mike Evans. Uh, like Brady Evans has, has had a terribly disappointing season. The two just haven't to be haven't seemed to be in sync with each other this year. But I suppose my pick for Evans here is is for the same reasons as Brady. I'm piggyback piggybacking on that argument that it's going to be a highly competitive game with a lot of points on show. Um, 
The thing that makes Evans stand out too in this matchup, I suppose, is that Carolina is a very good uh, matchup for wide receivers. You know that they're near the bottom of the league. Uh, they're giving up a super juicy 29 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. And yes, I know uh, the informed Chris Godwin is going to take a lot of those because he's a target machine and you know he's on my fantasy team, so I certainly hope he does. He's a forget about it. But I do think this is an Evans week too. You know, um, Evans had a really nice game against Carolina earlier in the season. He could have had a huge game if he hadn't have had a, an, an awful drop. Uh, and JC Horn, the Panthers cornerback that would usually be on Evans is out, so potentially more reason to target Evans there. Uh, he's also looking for his ninth consecutive 1,000 yard season. So although this is a bit of a shaky one, um, I'm, I'm banking on the talent here and saying start Mike Evans. Nice one, bold. Uh, Shackles? Uh, I've gone for Devonta Smith, uh, wide receiver for the Philadelphia um, Eagles. Again, another guy who, who blew up last week. Uh, 12 targets, 8 receptions, 113 yards for two touchdowns. Um, but just just looking at his numbers, I mean, his targets have been very consistent since week 10, um, averaging just over nine nine targets a game. Um, and turning it into a, to a good amount of points, he's got himself up to the wide receiver nine this season, which I think is incredible considering they've also got A.J. Brown on that team. Um, but I think... The reason I've picked um, Smith over AJ Brown this week is probably a bit of a blueprint of what you saw against Dallas, uh, where they had Trayvon Diggs just following AJ Brown everywhere, and he had a decent game, mm-hmm. 16 points. But obviously, it was it was Smith who benefited from that. The New Orleans Saints uh, have an individual by the name of Marshawn Lattimore, um, who is probably yes. just as good, if not better, than Trayvon Diggs, and I feel like he might be following AJ Brown around. Uh, which should leave some cracks and crevices open for Smith. And I noticed quite an interesting play. I think it was a it was, it was a red zone play. I'm not sure if it was a third down. AJ Brown went off the field, and they went to Devontae Smith, and he scored a touchdown. So obviously they've got faith in him. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, if, if AJ Brown can can distract the, the likes of Marshawn Lattimore and, and Tyron Mattia, then uh, it's just going to leave so much room for Smith to to get himself in the end zone again. Um, and he's projected, I think, four less points than AJ Brown, which I thought was quite big. So that's why I went for Smith uh, over Brown this week. Nice, nice one. I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. Bit of a blast from the past. Um, You know, I I mentioned before, Christian Watson, questionable for this week. But I do think Lazard's a good start, regardless of if Christian Watson plays or not. He's playing against the Vikings, which is a matchup that we've been targeting with our wide receivers for a while now. Vikings are dead last in the league in receptions and yards given up to the position. Uh, they're allowing over 41 fantasy points a game to opposing wide receiver cores, so plenty of points to go around these Packers wideouts. Lazard hasn't been involved you know, as much as he was in the first half of the season, but still had decent usage, uh, seen 19 targets in the last three games. Hasn't found the end zone as much as his rookie teammates, but still leads the team on the season in receiving yards and targets. Um, you know, Vikings have already clinched to the NFC North, so there's a chance they could play a bit more reserved in this game. Isn't as competitive as it could have been, you know, a few weeks back. But Green Bay's playoff hopes are still very much alive. They're gonna bring it, and they're gonna they're gonna play the way that that people beat Minnesota, which is through the air. Um, so I see Lazard being very utilized in this game. Um, if he doesn't get over. Th- you know, six, seven targets, I'll be very surprised. You know, it's a very exploitable pass defence in a must-win game for Green Bay. I think Lazard is a solid start. Al, tight end. Mm. Sorry, I'm, I'm just laughing. I've just seen a, a, 
a fantasy um a fantasy Instagram page has, has announced that Jared Stadium is starting, and because he's played that little football for both New England and especially for the Raiders, the only like highlight picture they've got is like him pointing at someone like for offsides because he clearly came in. <laughs> he clearly came in on like a fake snap to draw to draw the other yeah. team offsides. Uh, and there's nice. a, there is a comment on there that says, "Do we start Adams?" Yes, you still start Devontae Adams. You have to. Um, but tight end, I'm going to go Tyler Conklin um, because he's playing Seattle. Nice one, Sharples. Um, yeah, tight end, I've gone for uh, George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he's absolutely exploded the past past two weeks. Two touchdowns in each game. Um, a little bit too efficient for my liking because he's been doing it off sort of five, you know, five targets, four catches. But uh, you know, you can't argue in in the few games that Brock, Brock Purdy's uh, been playing, he's, he's been targeting Kittle in the end zone. Um, and obviously, we, we know we know what kind of player Kittle is. Um, it's just he's been quite inconsistent this season. But uh, I'm not asking for another 25, 30 point game from you, George. Just you know, six six catches for 80 yards will do me. That'll get me a hit. That's all I need. So um, yeah, I don't think it'll be another another massive game, but nice 20 pointer. It'll do me very nicely. So yeah, George Kittle. Nice. I'm gonna go with Cole Komet. Um as I mentioned earlier on with Jared Goff, uh, this game, highest over another week, plenty points, uh, you know, projected to be scored. Komet's been as involved as you'd like your tight end to be, seeing 24 targets in the last four games. Um, hasn't found the end zone since week 10, which just so happened to be the last time he played this opponent and he balled out for 74 yards and two touchdowns. So if there's ever a week for him to get back in the end zone, it's this week against the Lions. Uh, Lions are they've they've allowed the joint most touchdowns to tight ends this season at ten. Two of those to come out already, um, and they're also giving up fourteen fancy points a game to the tight end position. I think Komet is a nice start. But moving on, let's have a quick look forward to week seventeen. Sharples, what games are in that tier list? Very, uh, very bottom heavy uh, this week, boys. Don't want to, don't want to um, depress anyone. But I'm just going to reel <laughs> off um, a, a large number of games that I've got in, in, in my bottom tier. Uh, you might disagree with a couple, but I've got Cardinals, Falcons in there. I've got Patriots, Dolphins, Dolphins without Tua. I've got the Giants, Colts. I've got the Buccaneers, Panthers, Commanders, Browns, Texans, Jaguars, and the Ravens, Steelers. Um, there are a couple of divisional ones. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like like the, the the Dolphins, Patriots, Panthers, Bucks, just because they're divisional this late into the season, I think they'll be competitive. Fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um I had Panthers, Bucks and Patriots, Dolphins, just because both of those games have pretty severe playoff implications. Any game with playoff implications is gonna be good viewing because it's all and offing for these teams yep. this season. Yeah. Um, and I suppose I think the Cowboys at Titans could be fun and the, the Rams at Chargers at their own home stadium also despite the big win for the Rams last week I think it could be ugly and that's not me necessarily saying that the Chargers are great but I just think the Rams are still pretty bad but you, you clearly you clearly have have a, a game in the, the tippy top of that tier don't you mm. Sharples yeah that would be the Bengals versus the Bills Hopefully, an absolute shootout. Um, yeah. Two really good teams. Obviously, 
Bengals coming into form, Bill sort of dropping out of it. But I mean, Josh Allen versus Burrow, yeah. Diggs versus Chase should should be an absolute classic and hopefully one of the best games of the season. Yeah, and you you, you can talk all you want about good matchups and oh, I'm my my players playing Houston, my players playing you know whoever and uh, 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 the Cardinals, but you, you want your players in these matches like this is the championship the championship week match that I want Josh Allen in and I've got him in this match you know it's not like oh I wish Josh Allen was playing Houston no no I want him in this game this week I want him against the Chiefs I want my my wide receivers against the person that they're fighting for the playoffs against you know that that's what you want at this point yeah I think it should be a great game a good test for both teams any other games in in the higher categories, Sharples, higher tiers. Um, I think Packers Vikings should be interesting. Uh, obviously, we've we've talked about the the Packers and they they really need to win. The, well, they needed to win last week and they did, and they've got two more games they need to win to get into the playoffs. Just wondered, temperature boys, do they do the Packers make the playoff this year? Do they squeak it, or do you see the Vikings beating them this week and ending those dreams? I I really can't tell whether it's going to be another blowout in favour of the Vikings, like at the start of the season, or whether, you know, it's going to be a real test for the Vikings, but that just goes to show my feelings on the Vikings, but I don't think the Packers make the playoffs, no. Uh, I, I think they do, because I think the Packers can can win out, and they, they just, the Packers only need, they need the Giants to lose one game, or the Commanders to lose two games, and I think that's going to happen. And I think the Packers win this week just because, like I was saying when I was talking about Alan Lazard, uh, Minnesota already have the division. I just, I just, I can't see them really stretching that squad when they don't have to. Why would you you get your guys to play one hundred and ten percent and risk injury when you don't have to do that? Mm. Whereas this Packers team do. So there's more on the line for the Packers. I just, I don't know. I think. Packs are a really well coached team. I think I think they have a better coach than than Minnesota, and I think there's just more in it for them. So I I would say yes, the Packers do make the playoffs. And then the uh, but, another one I think potentially exciting, um, given that Mike White is the quarterback. I thought Jet Seahawks might be fun. Seahawks bit bit a bit up and down recently, but you know when when they ball, they do ball. Jets can be a fun team, so I'm hoping that might be might be a good game. But maybe that's just a uh, a bit of optimism uh, on the Jets' part. Yeah, no, I think it can be good as well. But I think that'll do us. Any any closing thoughts, lads? Just bring your best on the weekend, Sharples, mate. You have to be ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on it. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. And you know, ju- just just to say to everyone, you know, we must know what we're talking about because we've each got to at least the semi-finals. Obviously, I did discard Lewis. Uh, quite handily, but you know, just 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 stick with this podcast. You'll be fine. We You'll be fine. must know because everyone we play against in the league is fantasy experts as well. So yes, yes, yeah. So we yeah. must know what that we're is, talking about. That <laughs> is true. Yeah, but yeah, that'll do us. Uh, enjoy your championship week if this is indeed it. Good luck. Happy New Year and as thank well. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. See ya. Feliz Navidad.